With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Today's episode of The Mom Game is brought to you by our friends at Gateway Buick GMC at LBJ and Jupiter. I know that buying a car can be stressful, but not at Gateway because their slogan is... Gateway's got it. And just what does that mean? Well, it means Gateway's got a wide selection of new Buicks, GMCs, and GM-certified used vehicles, all competitively priced. Gateway's got it. In these busy times, you want a car dealer who makes things easy and convenient. And guess what? Gateway's got it. When you log on to gatewaybuickgmc.com, look for the shop, click, drive button. This allows you to shop from the comfort of your home, and who doesn't want that? In fact, it's easy as one, two, three. One, select your vehicle. Two, create your offer. Three, schedule your delivery. And on top of all this, Gateway Buick GMC offers complimentary car washes for life. So when you want a dealer who has it all, Gateway's got it. You can find them online at gatewaybuickgmc.com or shop in person at LBJ and Jupiter. GMC, we are professional grade. Experience the new Buick. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Mom Game. This is episode 65. We have another very fun guest. As you can see, Marty Turco is joining us for this whole show. We could talk 30 minutes. We could talk an hour. We could talk two hours. This guy <laughs> likes to talk. Emily and I both know Marty well. We've covered him um, throughout his career as a goaltender with the Dallas Stars and been friends with him ever since in all of his adventures. Marty, mm-hmm. thanks for coming on. No, so I'm, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad I got the right date this time. <laughs> 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 a little miscommunication uh, last time. You know, pucks to the head. That's my excuse. There we go. There you can go. use that for everything, I bet. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's a good it's excuse true. that none of, none of us have. No. <laughs> I don't like, at least not that we know of. <laughs> uh, so the, I want to start off like coming in hot with uh, with your nickname that Rick Renner gave you mm-hmm. that you absolutely loathe. Yeah. Marty, I mean, Marty. It's not that bad. It's, it's just the way he not, says it. He- <laughs> You said it. You have, like I had no problem with it. I'm I like, just I like remember he was relentless oh. with it. He wouldn't. I mean, and God love Rick Renner. Like he's yeah. such a sweet guy. We all love him. Yeah. But I mean, he he loves to throw out the nicknames and the superlatives. Like I mean, I remember he would tell me like that I should be a supermodel, and I was like, oh oh okay. He tells me that shit too. Exactly. I'm like. 
let me tell you, Rick, listen, yeah. I don't think I'm dog shit ugly, but there is no fucking way on this there planet goes, I could be a supermodel. Please. He's, I mean, he's, he's big. He's got a big personality, great voice. <laughs> yes. So when he says it, you're just like, okay, the first 10 times was all right. Yeah. And then, you know, got into interviews and I'm like, you know, this is like, this is my work. <laughs> Let's leave the party part out of it. Even though it. If it's true, party, a little bit. Party. Like I mean, I like to have cocktails. Like maybe but. not on a game night. I'm not party Marty. I'm no. Marty Turco. Dallas Stars goal. It's not party it. Marty. It's Marty Party. Oh, sorry. it was Marty Party Turco. Yeah. Oh. I'm almost positive. Yeah, no, it was, Marty, it was, I think it was you're Marty right. Party. Marty Party Turco. And I just remember like <laughs> <laughs> Marty being like this whenever he would say it. Like, uh, yeah. uh, you remember, remember? I actually banned him. Yeah, I remember uh, because I was producing days. the Stars Insider so like, Show. Thirty days. Yeah, not talking to you. He's like, what? That's it. Oh, days. and then Marty Party was dead. <laughs> Marty Party was dead. Okay, before uh, we get too Rick. deep into the show, <clears throat> yes, we must address. We the, are drinking. Drink. Not yeah. the elf yeah. in the room. The beers in the room. Yeah, the beers are. Let's cheers first. Cheers. Of all. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. This, this, yeah. This is the real mom game right here. It really <laughs> is. So, so we'll talk a little. I mean, we'll talk about your career and everything you've done since. But just to to address. This new venture, because yeah. this is something that you're doing now. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for even asking. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin and I, Mark Muzzin, we started a brewery about five years ago in Canada. It's in the, the Windsor, Detroit area uh, of Ontario. So it's the most southern city in Canada, believe it or not. There's nine states more north than Kingsville, Ontario, which is weird to say, especially living down here. But anyway, we started a beer company, and I just told them, listen, we're going to do it. We're going to do it big and do it right. Um and most, more importantly, I live in Texas. My street cred's here, so we got to bring it down here. Yeah. And so it's been a wonderful, um, eye-opening, interesting learning curve, you name it, um, business. It's a very crowded space, like a lot of industry is, uh, but it's been good. So people always ask me why, you know, it's like, why do you do it? I'm like, not just because I drank a lot of free Bud Light in my day <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it, um, because it gives me opportunity to work with my cousin who, you know, I'm really fond of. And we treat this like a family business. So we got a bunch of employees now. We got a great brewmaster, um, you know, Broccoli, we call him. Um, broccoli. Broccoli, yeah. Derek Bill O'Craley, his mm-hmm. name is Broccoli. And so we just want to bring the best of Canada down here. And part of what a lot of people think of Canada is beers. You know, no, no I don't know everybody in Canada. I know most people in Canada. <laughs> uh, but anyway, just to come down here, it, the brewery, the beers actually feels like me, you know, like I was imported down here 21 years ago. There you go. And um, I like li- it. lived my life. And, you know, I literally was raised here. And now I get a chance to bring down Kingsville Canadian beer down here. And, you know, we're raising it, not just forever, but, you know, we're literally raising it today yeah. down here. And so it's um, it's been really, really interesting venture. So for us to be in goody goody, Tom Thumb, just over a few months has been wow. um, a real eye-opening experience, but so we got we got a long ways to go, to say the least. But it's been uh, because the beers are good and light. Um, it's been fun tasting process for me. Yeah. So when did you start, and like how long did the process take to get down here, or just in general? Well, I mean, like from this time where you're like, okay, here's the light bulb. We're going to start a brewery. Oh, yeah. Okay. A you long know? time. A long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're it's we're not still an easy process. We're still not even making our beers ourselves. Um, we're like using a co-packer to do it, but our facilities, a lot of money later, right on Lake Erie, beautiful spot. It's taken us a bunch of years to do that. Um, so we're now making our own beer, um, cause we need more than we ever thought that we're other people have to make some for us in Canada as well. So, you know, I say we've been in this fight from, in Ontario for three years and we've been down here. We haven't even got the market here in Dallas, to be honest with you. Like 
I'm not going to try and open new accounts because we can't make enough beer. Right. You know, we've been over 200 accounts here, like grocery stores, liquor stores, um, and then restaurants and bars as well. So it's been it's been good. I've got great reception. This is a, a place that I call, um, you know, a place where I can cut my teeth a little bit more than if I went to Houston yeah. or Chicago where, you know, my relationships are a lot deeper. So if I bloody my nose and I make a mistake, I think I can learn from it and not get buried. Um, uh, you know, you, you got to make sure you have enough beer and support the bars and restaurants and, and then learn the game too because Canada, the laws are different. Distribution is a lot uh, more unique. And so... Uh, it's anyway, we're, we're, we're learning and uh, we've got a great team around us and this market's been great. Hockey mm-hmm. fans are the best and um, we look forward to getting out there and having more people try. And two, was that, is this something that you always thought, like not particularly this business, but I want to do something after hockey. I want to, you know, cause a lot of guys, you know, think TV or do I do this or do I that? You've done They've a done lot of it. Plan. Yeah. I mean, you've done a lot of, you've done a lot of stuff. I want to talk about some of it. <laughs> the, the business aspect of it, is that something that's always intrigued you is like to, to, to have a business of your own? Yeah, for sure. Um, probably the biggest kicker was, you know, my parents didn't have their own business. My dad was a steel worker. My mom cut hair. Um, it didn't come from them. Certainly the confidence and, you know, the work ethic did. Uh, but ever since I went to the university of Michigan and watching all my teammates and classmates, a lot of them athletes turn around, turn out to be successful in the business world. Um, you know, just watching them kind of, you know, pique my interest, uh, knowing that I, it's not my forte, it's not my experience. I mean, I'm walking into the star's office recently and I look around and, you know, there's kids in the bullpen, 27 years old, and they had more experience than I did on the business side of, of the sports. And so just surrounding myself with, with good people, it's not much different than sports. You know, you just, you got to learn, you got to, you got to grind and you just got to trust people and then, but you got to hold people accountable. So anyway, it's been, uh, I always, I always did. I always wanted to have a business, what it was. And, um, you know, this one's gotten a little bit bigger and more expensive than I probably wanted to do. (laughs) Uh, but you know, now that, you know, two years, two years ago where we are today, I wouldn't have never believed it. And we're really not anywhere when you're talking about cases per year relative to big companies or even medium sized ones. But, um, we got good products and we got, you know, good branding and good storytelling and good people around us. So I'm excited to see where this takes us. So, so people want to buy it because I'm a few sips in and it's, <laughs> what's the one that I'm having that Emily and I are both Same. having? This I'm is a true this. German style Hefeweizen. So it's like a, a wheat beer. Uh huh. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's, there, there's a lot of Hefeweizens out there, but not compared to IPA and the world, the world, never mind the United States drinks 80% of it drinks lagers. You know, Mexican lagers, American, Canadian lagers. Um, is lager different from IPA? Lager is definitely different. Lagering I don't is I don't like, um, <clears throat> it's a cold filtered process at the end that makes it just super clean, super crisp. And that's, you know, while your, your Miller Lite, Bud Lights, Coors, all that, uh, Modelo, you name it, Molson, they're all lagers. Okay. Um, so even a Pilsner, which people would argue, Pilsner is actually lagered. The only reason it's called a Pilsner is because they use a specific grain called the Pils, P-I-L-S. And so they call it Pilsner. But at the end of the day, the lagering process is what they use, not just what makes beer. What most people think of a beer is, um, that's what, you know, the lagering process is. So the Indian India Pale Ale is, you know, way more hop forward, and that's the strongest component to a beer. So that's why it's a lot more unique. And some people 
It's one you either love it or I hate it. And there's really yeah. not too many people in between on the IPAs. I had no idea I was a Hefeweizen fan. Wow. Yeah, me either. I not all of them are great. Fan. You guys are lucky. This is one but of the best ones one. we've had. So yeah. you can buy them where if people want to buy them? All over. I mean, Goody Goody's been great. Tom Thumb, um, you know, the Albertsons family has been awesome to us. Um, Total Wine. Total Wine has been has been great. You know, you got to go in the import section. I can't wait to make, we're going to make beers here at some point. Right. And yeah. that will just put us in the Texas craft section. Right. Because you walk in there, it's like bells and whistles and lights are going off. And then the import section over here. Because it's Canadian. Uh, well, we're, the good only good news about the import section Texas. is that um, the Mexican beers are there too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Those are very popular and always will be. Well, the number one selling beer in Texas is Modelo. Is it? It's not even... From Texas or the United States. We all States. wish we were vacationing in Mexico, <laughs> I think, all the time. I think that's I think where that could, comes we from. We could float down there for a while. Yeah. Or two. Well, cool. This is really cool. I mean, I've heard you and seen you tweeting about it and posting pictures about it, mm -hmm. but didn't really know the story there. So that's really cool. I'm proud of you for taking something like that on because, I mean, you are a former athlete. You've you've been in the TV world, but you still have the the day job with the Dallas Stars, too. Can you tell everybody what you're doing <laughs> yeah, there? He, he rolled in. I was like, oh, did you? He goes like, oh, I didn't have time he's to like go a, home. He's like a business guy. So I said like, oh, were oh, you playing golf? He was like, no, I was at the office. I was like, oh, shit, I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you have a yeah, real I'm, job. I'm at the office. How did that all come about? I have a great staff. You know, it's been... Um, you know, ha having the job help helps with this, to be honest with you. Tell so us the job. The job is, you know, I'm the president of the Dallas Stars Foundation yes. and the VP of business. Um, so when, you know, when then executive Brad Alberts, our now CEO, um, brought me on board, it was just, you know, like a lot of professional athletes that just retired and had a decent career. Um, but, uh, you know, he... he He's like, hey, just show up at games. You want to learn as much as you want to learn? Come hang out. Came, come to the office and hang out with me. And and I knew everybody, you know, from Dan Stuckel and, you know, mm -hmm. Matt Bowman and Jimmy Lights was still around. So I got a really interesting, you know, uh, opportunity to look inside sports business from the other side of the ledger and not being it. And um, Brad's been super kind and the door has, was always open and, you know, I could have just went to games and, you know, glad handed and right. see everybody. But I've, I'm like, I wanted to do some deals and I did some sponsorship deals, um, sat in his office every once in a while. He kicked me out. It was too important for me to be in there and listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then years, you know, every year he'd ask me, you want to come in full time? You want to come in full time? And probably three years worth of me saying no, um, because he'd also subsequently say, well, yeah, you can't bugger off for for six weeks every summer. Right, it's, it's a it's a legit deal. It's it, you got an office and you're gonna have staff and it's budgets is year round deal and and when you're ready to stop being an athlete and ready to be in the business side, you'll know. And then this opportunity came up and uh, it's been probably three years and of what I'm doing now. And so we do. We got great we got great staff um, raising money, changing policy of the difference that we get to make in the community is something that I've always been a part of. Um, you know, kicks the sheets off for me in the morning and we're, we're in an amazing city. We're in an amazing yeah. part of the world, um, economically, socially. And, and, and the fact that North Texans give more than anybody in the country is not surprising to me. I've seen it my whole career. And, uh, so anyway, it's, that's, that's the day job. Um, you know, we put on events, we raise money, we, we give a lot of it away and, uh, we spend a lot of time with the youth, yeah. um, here in town, whether it's the hospitals, people who, who do need help on a lot of different capacities. And it's been, uh, it's been really, really rewarding. Never, uh, imagined this position post-career. Um, but to stay in hockey, just to work with a guy like Brad and, and our team has been, um, really satisfying. Yeah. 
you mentioned, you know, the, doing the the brewery in in Canada, but you're you stayed here. The decision to stay here after you played, and you see it from so many guys. You mm-hmm. see it. I mean, we had you know Ian Kinsler in um, a few weeks ago. You know, you see it from so many guys who, who they're not from here. They're not raised here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't their home. But once they've played here for a certain amount of time, they feel like it is. What is it about this place? What led that led you and your family to that decision to stay here? Uh, a, a lot of things, <clears throat> you know, one, yeah, I was in this organization, I was drafted in 94. I didn't play a game till 2000, just college and minors, and they didn't need me. <laughs> they had a lot of good goalies, you know, in front of me up to that point. Um, so the player, you know, for 10 years till 2010, uh, almost all my career really played 30 some games in Chicago and um, had a cup of coffee with the Bruins at the end. It was an easy decision to come back here because all kids were born here. The opportunity, I didn't know the economy was going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I always knew there's, there's business, there's business opportunities. There's, uh, you know, if you can't be successful in Dallas, you know, some, you're not working hard enough and, uh, and had a lot of my relationships as well. And so my, my playing days, I couldn't, you know, I was jealous of people who started it, started a, business during their career because it's a way way better opportunity to sell beers for example while you're playing because people are paying attention uh with the social media opportunities um but for me with my size my skill set and my mentality um i just knew i had to put 100 percent focus into stopping the puck on a daily basis and if I thought maybe I was given attention elsewhere, that would affect me. Mm-hmm. And that's just who I am. And I, you know, you got to know yourself and look look hard, long and hard in the mirror. And as much as I wanted to start a business and had different opportunities during my career, I, I was like, no. And so to stay here, to be honest, was really easy. I looked forward to it. Uh, I always couldn't wait to retire, even though you want to wait as long as you can to retire and keep, you know, making money and, you know play winning Stanley Cup or get in the Hall of Fame and just those opportunities that, you know, that push you. And, uh, but anyway, we love, we love Dallas. This is, it's the easiest place in the world to, to live. Um, to think that I was 23 years old and never have been in the South, like ever. Most South yeah. I was, was Cincinnati, Ohio up at that point. So first time I showed up here, I was probably should have left. It was 104 degrees <laughs> in July. And you know, when you get off the plane, how hot the oh, walkway yeah, is. Yeah. And I was like, holy snikes, this is, uh, <laughs> I'm like, they actually have ice around here. This yeah. is going to be impressive, but uh, it, it's been great. We really love Dallas, Texas. So 2010, was that the last, your last year yeah. with the stars? That's what? crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that much time has passed. This was my, <laughs> this was the 10th year that I hadn't played here. And eighth year, I believe that I hadn't played professional hockey wow and i'm still fucking schlepping around the rangers clubhouse marty <laughs> yeah but you love it you know i know you're good at your job oh and and uh yeah you know, I know. when you're good at it it's so certainly helps. Uh, well you know what's funny is they you know what i always heard and so when i came here from lubbock which you know tiny little lubbock you don't there's no professional sports team so i came here and had never even covered hockey like i didn't know shit about hockey um and i i think i was pretty honest with everyone about that because i was i was so new i would be like completely yeah. sniffed out like within two minutes. But everyone always said about, you know, you go to the Cowboys locker room. Cause at that time I was working for Fox and go to the um, Mavericks and Rangers and stars. And they were like, hockey locker rooms are the best. They are so chill. They're so nice. And that was, and that, that was the case. Like the Rangers clubhouse was nice 
after a point of time. You had to earn your shit in there. Like I felt like in hockey, it was the dudes Mm -hmm. were chill. They were super laid back. Everyone was, it's just kind of a mentality. I, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it was like well-known that like in media circles that those are the chill guys. Those are the cool and guys. And probably in Dallas, you guys were used to a lot of people coming in that didn't have a ton of hockey knowledge. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But the first couple of years when we were still at reunion for me, you know, I didn't endure it from 94 to 98, but yeah, you just like, Hey, you know, have some patience with people, especially when I, I you know, coming from Michigan and growing yeah. up in Canada, hockey centric places. Like, are these really the questions they're asking? Uh, and uh, so you get used to it and you have fun. Yeah. And, you know, and then your neighbors and sponsors and people, it, it was some part you just had to fight through. And then, but the other half was, you know, I can go to North Park Mall, I can hang out, I can go to restaurants and no one would bug you. And people are actually like, yeah, you know what? You, We know who you are and we yeah. We're not, not going to bug you. Right. Yeah. Not because like if you lived in Montreal or oh, Toronto or something oh like goodness. that, you couldn't go anywhere. And I, I think that's a beat down for the guys. I, if, when John DeVera signed there and, you know, we wanted to sign over here, <laughs> they, you know, or, you know, wish we could have. Um, yeah. It's like, man, just careful what you wish for in Toronto. And, you know, they lost this year and, yeah. and after down 3-1. But I always say if you play for Montreal or Toronto, it's like playing for the Cowboys, Yankees, and Lakers combined. In Jeez. terms of popularity. I mean, I even go up to Canada and people know who I am. In Western Canada, I'm not from there. <laughs> you know, they're just, they love the game of hockey. It's uh, it's great. But living down here in some form of, you know, anonymity and kind of get to do what you can. But also, right, like Roger Staubach lives here and Aikman and Emmett and, you know, Dirk and all these other, you know, great athletes, other sports, they all live here too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're saying earlier, Emily, like people retire here that never lived here. You know, yeah. professional athletes retire here. I mean, business people as well. And so people just get used to it too, right? Yeah. And they're like, but, yeah, yeah, so-and-so, I see you around. But how cool is it for you to have been a part of that, you know, probably before you got here, but like this whole, I mean, the Stars are still a relatively new franchise, but to have built this, like you said, this loyal fan base that, you know, that loves and supports you, loves and supports the organization, yeah. the, the players that play for them to know that you are a part of building that has to be a pretty cool feeling. Well, it is a great feeling and I, I, I get to live it every day. Um, you know, get to see the business side of it. What, what star centers, like how many we have, um, you know, we're, we have 16 sheets of ice that we manage around the Metroplex. Yeah. That blows people's minds. A lot. We just had the world championships here, the under 18 world championships. We're here in Plano and Frisco and, you know, we had the draft. We had the Winter Classic. There's no southern market getting the Winter Classic. That Winter like, Classic looked it was epic, amazing. So was. what what our organization has done and is doing and is, and is just getting better um, from the youth sports. You know, the boys and girls that are playing, uh, the amount of adults that are playing around here. Um, you know, figure skaters use our facilities, obviously, but you know, really, really, what we've grown to be as a as an organization. Um, you know, we're we're very fortunate that we're in this economic cycle of, of North Texas. Yeah. Uh, it's probably good that we're the only NHL franchise for probably 800 miles would be my guess. Nah, maybe 650 miles, either St. Louis nationals. Yeah. You know, there's a next team around, but, um, you know, this market is great and they've been good and hockey's thriving Our youth sports. Um, I mean, we've probably had over a hundred kids from the area played division one hockey. Uh, we just had two girls from Highland Park, you know, get scholarships to Penn State, you know, that mm-hmm. played through our elite program. So it's awesome. really fun to see the city be, you know, it's, it's, we're in Texas. It's a football town. It's Cowboys are here. 
Uh, we're big enough. All sports live. All sports do great. Um, but hockey's, uh, I mean, it, it can be argued. It, it, it is a hockey town. And, um, you know, what we're doing on the youth side, I mean, we had, I mean, 10, 15 youth hockey tournaments this year. Uh, a lot of because COVID they had to relocate and we were open, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not stopping. You know, we'll, we'll, we can get another Winter Classic in the next five, 10 years easy because the it was amazing and uh, because we are you know we we like to say we're hockey town south and at one point we're going to be hockey town period for usa yeah so one of the coolest moments of my career involves you and i don't know if you remember this i probably was okay and i should have like looked this up so i would have been really really prepared san jose game yeah game six six yeah and it was a dual broadcast and i got i got to interview somebody after the game and I got you after the game and the crowd was chanting your name mm-hmm. and it was one of the, I remember co- this. Oh, I was like, Marty. Yeah. Marty. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yep. I mean, it was like this most surreal. I was like, Holy shit. Like everyone mm-hmm. on that place. I mean, everyone in that, in that arena was looking at you, was cheering for you, was, I just, to be like standing next to you and like asking you the question was first of all, overwhelming as fuck. But also, too, was so cool. And I thought, how must it feel to be him? Be the guy. Be the you, man after a big win like yes. that. Uh, so, so two, I mean, I hope you remember. Not, not the interview, but I'm certain you remember the game. Well, it was four overtimes. Yeah. That's, it was that's unbelievable. It was, I don't know, one something in the morning. Yep. And, you know, Dallas crowds are notorious for leaving early. Showing up late, leaving early, which is great. We got a lot of things to do around here. I, I'm you got to keep. I'm, you got to keep their attention. I'm not. Immune, I'm not immune to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in overtime, everybody stands. And um, my wife Kelly, she was pregnant with our youngest, um, who was born later that summer. So she was probably six months pregnant, and she didn't leave. <laughs> she was there the whole game, and she had to stand just to watch. And and you know whatever that was ten. And we had after the handshakes and all that stuff, right? Like people are still in the crowd and, uh, that late two in the morning. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll never forget it. I woke up the next day at like eight fifteen. Yeah. I don't know why I agreed to do like a phone in interview somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> but I was so excited and, and it was game six. We had to go to Detroit. I, I, I don't think we left the next day, but we might've, um, to go play. So yeah, it was surreal. And so, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Cause you know, for, for us, that was, um, an unbelievable experience. A lot of people still talk about it. You know, I hear about it at least once a month about yeah. that game. It was, it was unreal. It's pretty crazy. And it, that, that to me shows you just it, hockey is, I mean, and hockey on TV is great and hockey in person, playoff hockey yeah. it's playoff in person is with, with fans. With fa- yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Playoff like the hockey. team hadn't gotten back to that point Ugh. till last year. And then yeah. they're in the bubble no fans. in, in Canada. And it was just like, the saddest thing that they yeah. went all the yeah. way to the Stanley Cup final and nobody could celebrate it. Mm. Um, but for you. you, for you being, you know, however many years removed from it now, it's been a while. But being so involved with the team and just remembering moments like we just talked about, is it still hard for you to kind of be retired from the game? Because I know that passion really never leaves a professional athlete. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. Um, of of reserved to the fact that I can't do anything. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, it's not, you know, it's like, not only do I want to be part of it, but I can't help. But now I'm like, well, you can't blame me either. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, I took enough criticism over uh, my career, which is, you know, goes with the territory. Um, I don't, I don't miss it um, anymore. Cause it's been that long. 
you know, first few years though, when you're watching playoffs, uh, you're like, man, I'm just thinking you can help. Even if sit on the bench. Do you and watch games like kid. this? No, <laughs> I, I, I feel like now my, my dad, right. These stupid commercials you see, like, but I, we call to play. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, I just, I just know when they go in before, you know, the red light goes on, just goalie's reaction or whatever happened. So I watch and I watch, there's still, I'm, I'm there's still guys that I've played with. Yeah. Not that many. They're starting to, you know, trickle <laughs> off really fast. Um, so I'm just cheering for guys that I know. And um, even even though I didn't play with Carey Price in Montreal, I'm like, man. and, and, it, and it, still going. He's playing great. He's just fun to watch. Yeah. You know, and I just watch players that I enjoy watching, which is, and it's playoff hockey. The first round is the greatest because two, three, four nights, games a night. Yeah. And, you know, I could sit in front of the TV for six hours and, you start drinking during the first period of the first one, it gets a little bit long. There you, you go. Got to keep it going. Yeah. But, so I try not to do that. You yeah. Know, through the week, but uh, it's yeah, you're right. There's nothing like playoff hockey, and no offense to any other sport, there's just nothing like it. It's pretty cool. So every it seems like every athlete I talk to that's retired, it, they, they of course they miss the game, they miss the competition, they miss blah blah. blah. It's the it's the locker room. It's mm. the locker it's the locker room tomfoolery, the hijinks, the bullshitting, the plane rides, the, yeah. the all pranks. those things, the pranks. <laughs> I mean, yep. all that. Is that is that true? Is that true for you? Yeah, it's true. I think our sport, you know, we weren't immune to having fun. Um, so hanging with the guys is definitely, you know, the main part of what you miss. That locker room, you, you know, you, you make it. That's home. That's his home. You spent mm -hmm. so much time with the guys. Um, but here to your point earlier about what makes the hockey locker room so great yet humble um, is that our game is so high paced. Um, you got you travel every other game. You know we don't set, set up shop for three days, um, four days, and homestands or what. You know we're just like always on the go, and the game's so fast. And even if you have the two, three, four best players in the world on one team, that doesn't mean you're going to win. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, when I look at our most iconic person probably ever in our sport, Wayne Gretzky, to this date, and I'm pretty excited to see him go on TV next year yeah. um, to cover the game, is, you know, he's the most humble guy I've ever been around. I mean, I've seen him in his moments when putting Brett Hall in his place or Timu <laughs> Solani, which I find, you know, really amusing because um, he is a great one. Um, but he's so humble and he was such a – uh, leader and all he cared about was was the guys and to win and he would do things the stories that I've heard and so when you look around our locker room you know it makes sense you're like this if he's if he's humble like yeah. who, who are we and um, so the, yeah I miss the locker room uh, the camaraderie the winning and losing chance you know just you know Brandon Morrow and I talk all the time it's like probably the most proud thing that we we say is every year we showed up in training camp we looked around we said yeah we can win a Stanley Cup this year. And, uh, you know, from Tom Hicks, you know, was owner majority of my career, you know, just him giving us a chance to win. is was like, I mean, that's cool. Um, but we had a blast doing it. We had a lot of fun, probably too much fun sometimes. <laughs> um, but looking back, you like, we got, we really have no regrets of uh, how it all went down and missing the guys is, is certainly tough. And, you know, retirement's hard. I think don't, not enough people talk about how difficult retiring yeah. is for athletes. Um, the only one, that, the only people that really care is either your mom or your, your ex teammates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they get it. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause your wife's like, well, I've been doing this shit by myself yeah. for like the yeah, last like 20 I'm just fucking glad to years. Have you home. So yeah. Yeah. saddle up kid. I've, I've told you to slow your roll a few times. Right. I get it, bro. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Remember yeah. we did knock you down a pedestal. Here you go. Exactly. It was a good one. Like, Welcome. Welcome to the party. Yeah. So the statistics are brutal across all sports. You know, hockey's not allergic to it either. Um, and it was hard. Even though I look forward to retirement, it was just hard. Yeah. Right? You said it like. Oh, it's just get a man up. A whole nother yeah. world. Yeah. Everything that you've put all of your time and energy and passion into for so long, mm. it's just kind of an abrupt halt, I would imagine. On skates when I was two, playing in the league when I was four. Wow. So I never I don't remember not playing hockey. So when it wow. ends, you're yeah. like, Ugh. Well, Sucks. then what do you do? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like what it, Ian said something very similar to you, Ian Kinsler, when he was talking about like, you know, he was like, I, don't, I didn't have the energy to be like the guy in the clubhouse that would answer all the interviews. Like all my, my, you know, in same way, you know, we talked about with his family, like, you know, Tess, his wife had to take on so much because he was literally focused all of his energy on staying yeah. in a big league lineup every MFing day. And so for you, post-retirement, were you able to like, did the light bulb go off and be like, oh shit, this is what Kelly's been doing for the last, <laughs> you know, 15 years while I've been trying to, I mean, granted what you're doing is important, obviously, mm -hmm. but did you have a whole new appreciation and perspective for what she had been doing? Um, yes. And I don't think I needed much to know because I did. And she handled, she still handles it with such, you know, class and grace that I'm like, I couldn't do what she does anyway. And thank goodness she's still got small town Canadian vibe to her. That yeah. It yeah. just oozes out of our kids. You know, we hear it all the time. Oh, they're, you know, they're chill and they're sweet and, you know, they got manners. I'm like, yeah, well, it's because of Kelly. So it's probably, <laughs> it's probably a good thing I was at home. I, I, I kept playing until I was 36 years old. <laughs> so my influence was a, a little less extravagant than it is, it is now. Although the middle one, she seems to be a chip off the old block, so it's been, okay, been so entertaining. <laughs> ages, boys, girls, ages. Uh, girl, girl, boy, 19, 17. Got one in college. 19? 19, yeah. Haley's 19. <sighs> Kaylin's 17. She's a to-be senior. And then the little man will be 13 in August. Um, so we got a little runway left with yeah, some yeah. fun, even though he's about to be a stinky boy. He's not quite there yet. You playing he's hockey? He's playing hockey. Um, just did a week week long um, sleepover camp for tennis. Cool at John Newcomb down in um, South Texas. So you know they're they're growing up. Yeah, one in college. What this was year, that she was like freshman. taking her to college? And where's she at? She's at Miami of Ohio. Uh -huh. um, great school. I'm proud to say I put it on the radar because I played against him in college hockey. You know, so there you go. Uh, it's just a very it's the school's older than Michigan. It blew me away. It's a really awesome campus, super safe place, just highly revered academically. And Haley's really smart. And so she went there dropping her off. And my whole, you know, just my whole dad and me over the years is like, all right, you know, there's going to come a time when she's going to call. And it's like, oh, this sucks. I want to come home. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you should try to try to teach them that, you know, just to be, uh, be themselves and yeah mm -hmm. she was an independent person and uh but then you drop her off during covid mm. and and i'm like if she would have called halfway home i would have turned around and went back <laughs> and got her because <laughs> we we live in texas and texas is different than anywhere else right. including ohio especially back in september when we did it uh-huh uh, but it was hard i think i made a good move you know we got her in the dorm was feeling out the process and could tell mom didn't want to leave and and, you know, Haley didn't want us to leave. And I was like, hey, Haley, grab that. We had, we're taking something back with us to Dallas. And 
So I said, hey, why don't you grab them, bring it down to the truck, and we'll say goodbye. So I, we said the goodbyes outside, not in the dorm there you room. Go. I thought it was a good move it looking back because it was it was pretty emotional and. Um, God, was I a, can't even imagine. Uh, it was the first time ever I, we had filled up and we drove for six hours. My truck, I don't know, we was empty, so it, the gas. Yeah. Uh, you know, had some mileage on it. We went six hours and Kelly didn't have to pee one time for six hours. So <laughs> I was so impressed. I'm like, she's, she's dehydrated oh, from crying. Yeah. Oh. She didn't want to think about it, but uh, she didn't look back like, though. Haley. No, Haley yeah. didn't call us. She loved it. Um, joined a sorority and uh, she had a great year. She didn't, she took only one class online or in person. So they're all online, but um, they don't know what they don't know. So yeah. she knew it was supposed to be great and yeah. it's college and yeah. we were all built up. But You don't know what you don't know. She's just is like, this is fun. What sorority did she pledge just? Uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma. Oh, right? what were you? We were both, both Kayas. Kayas. Yeah, yeah, we were both Kayas. Um, I want to talk about some more post-career stuff. But first, I just want to go back to when you were playing and ask them what it was like. Because you were just such a Dallas star through and through. What was it like to finish your career with the Bruins and then the Blackhawks? Was that the order or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, finished with the Bruins. Finished with the Bruins. Played played for the Blackhawks right after Dallas. Okay. That's what it was. I remember covering you just being like, no, he can't yeah. leave. And that's, so and that's it's so normal in professional sports to see that happen. But what was, what was that like? It was weird coming back here, playing for 10 years. Yeah. Being, being around for 12 um, it was so odd, but I was with the Blackhawks and so the buildings were full and they just won a cup. It was great. Um, the year after that, I started working for NHL network. So usually that's not a good sign when you're doing TV and still <laughs> trying to play. People are like, and they just had a mic on you. Like <laughs> I remember that a little bit. Yeah. I don't, it's all blurry to me, but we, yeah. we, so the, my last year trying to play, um, I was, we were living in, in Canada at the lake house. Kids were all enrolled in school. We didn't own any property. We'd sold Dallas. Um, we didn't have Chicago and didn't own anything in Chicago. And, um, so we were living up there and the kids went to school and then I was doing TV in Toronto. So I was easy commute, you know, it was an hour plane ride. And then, um, then I went to Salzburg, Austria, oh. played for the Red Bulls. And uh, in a really unique one, it was a three-hour or a three-day tournament. All the European champions from the previous year played in this one tournament that was hosted by the Red Bulls. And um, and they got different rules so they can add players whenever they want um, for these special tournaments. And so they called and said, hey, you, you want to play? I'm like, hell yeah, I do, you know? Yeah. In Austrian hockey, the l level, you know, it's like Czech Republic, Finland, Sweden up here. You know, Germany's good. Anyway, Austrian was a, a significantly not as good as the other teams. Mm -hmm. But I went and played, and we ended up winning the stupid thing. And uh, played three games in a row, played all, you know, knocked them off, knocked them off, knocked them off, boom, went and won. There so, you go. So they loved you me. still got it. There you go. You're big in Austria. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and then I went back. They kept calling me. It's like, hey, come back and play. You know, finish the year with us. And I was like, man, no, I'm I'm done. I'm retired. Go to the champion, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, and actually, right after that, we went to the Spangler Cup, which is the oldest tournament hockey tournament in Europe. Team Canada, uh, Davos, Switzerland, and then they invite other teams. Right at the top of the Swiss Alps is beautiful. And then so I was done playing. And then they kept calling me. I was like, you know, they made me a deal. I couldn't refuse. They made me a Red Bull athlete on top of it. Cool. And so I went back, finished, and then. 
I signed with the Bruins when our playoffs were over to go play there and finish it. And uh, the oddest thing ever happened. I still don't know anybody or a name of somebody who's this happened to. I, I signed after the trade deadline, which nobody ever does because you get a minor league team. Mm-hmm. They don't need players. Uh, Anton Hadobin was in the minors for the Bruins. Doby got hurt. Um, uh, took a Rast, their main goalie now. He was there. He was hurt. And then they only had one other player other than Tim Thomas signed. Wow. And he was 20. So uh, Peter Shirelli, the GM then, is like, you know, I need I need somebody to play Saddle games. And, yeah. win, and we want to win this division. I need four, six games from somebody. And so I went there. And the rule was I could sign, but I couldn't play in the playoffs. Because I'd oh. signed after the trade deadline. Okay. And uh, so anyway, I went to Boston, stayed there for seven, eight weeks, won a couple of games, lost a few, had a great time. And then we won the division. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the day after, right, you go to the rink and they're all prepping for playoff meetings. And, and then I'm like, packing my shit. Like, we'll <laughs> see you later. I mean. Yeah. I remember Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney's the GM now. Don played here in, uh, I'll say, 02, 03. And, uh. Yeah, maybe a one oh two. Anyway, Don was assistant gym and he comes and he's like, Hey, you want to stick around and practice with us for the playoffs? I was like, No, no. <laughs> practice sounds like a lot of work. What am yeah. I doing? I've done this before when I was twenty two. Right. I ain't doing this anymore. So other than make you brought up something like the criticism that you took and it, outside of being a quarterback, that's all right. Outside of being a quarterback. Thing. Is there any more scrutinized because starting pitchers in baseball, it's like, okay, well, you only you start every five days. Right. Um, you know, quarterback, you've got the ball in your hands pretty much every possession. So mm-hmm. other than quarterback, is there a more highly scrutinized position question. other than hockey goalie? I mean, I, I don't even know what the next one, I don't know what the third one would be. No. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, there, there's no position in basketball. Like I said, baseball, it would be starting pitcher, but yeah. you're pitching once every five days. Yeah, ba- Basketball. Maybe closer. But that wouldn't even come close because how many how many cha- closing chances yeah. do it, does a closer get? Right, in and you can't blame them for the whole game. You could, I mean, not blame, but if somebody didn't know hockey, say, and they don't know like what a good game looks like, what good defense looks like, right? What you know, mm. they can always pinpoint the goaltender and say, "Well, look, the score was three to yes. two, so it it's on him." They don't know what they're talking about if that's the case, but mm-hmm. but I feel like there's not a comparable. And how did you, how did you process another that? Sport. Like it, because it's, that's a hard, I mean, listen, it, regardless of like how thick our skin is, mm-hmm. it still sucks to hear people say bad yeah. shit about you. Like what <laughs> right? are you going to be perfect every night? It's not, it's not like, yeah, I'm, I'm less sensitive than the next person. It's how you internalize it and what you, what you use it for. Yeah. And I mean, there's still things, right? We're human. Everybody's human and things I don't like. Someone says something about you. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm just probably my personality you know, I look at my my little guy, you know, he's a 12-year-old boy, and it's like, what's happening in the next five minutes? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, grew up a little bit from that, but when you're playing hockey your whole life, especially as a goalie, and you knowing that there's so many people relying on you for that next save, um, that no matter how that one went in, whether it was bad, good, indifferent, oh, my God, people might think one thing. You know, you, you can run down a rabbit yeah, hole real right. fast. So the ability to let it go and um, and to move on, it was is, is I had to work at it. Um, you know, I've had moments in my young career in college that we had really good teams, but I let in three or four. 
and you know we win eight four, and, and then nobody really cared because we won. Right. But my coach would come up to me all the time and be like, "I was paying attention," and I'm like, "I know you're paying attention." Yeah. <laughs> so he he let me have it, and uh, so just staying in games when we weren't busy because we had good teams here in Dallas for majority of my career, and some nights I wasn't that busy, but eyeballs were on and. Yeah. You know, you got to perform and you got to give your team a chance to win. And, and then when the one moment happens, if not 30 moments, like you got to be ready. So uh, the, the, the skin grew thicker over the years. Um, when you get older and, you know, the skills start dwindling and, you know, the end is almost in sight. It gets really, really tough because now you got a family and kids are in school and, you know, they're like, you don't want them to get you, – you, you yelled yeah. at or whatever. You don't know. You just you take it more personal. And when you're younger, it's just so easy because this is you, you know. And I can handle me. Yeah. It's just I can't handle a house full of other people that I I can handle the locker room. I got your back. We're gonna win the game. I'm gonna make the save. You can screw up. You can screw up. I got you. And then when I don't, when I when I screw up, it's like, well, hey, we'll get this together next time. Yeah. Uh, Ludwig, Ludwig, Craig Ludwig gave me a good one one time. God, I love Luddy. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> he's such dude. a good dude. You know, he told me early, I didn't play the game in the NHL yet. And uh, he played with Patrick Waugh in Montreal. And Patrick, for whatever you want to say about him, crazy French guy, um, the guy was a champion. And and Luddy was a stay-at-home defenseman. And even when he was younger, out of college in Montreal, he goes, you know, I love Patrick. And what made made him a great champion, I said, you know, we all knew he made great saves in game sevens and game sixes and overtime. He goes, but never once did he – when we let in a goal and it was clearly my fault, he never once, you know, threw his hands in the air or shook his head or did anything. He always tapped me on the shin pad and said, Hey, that's my fault. And they, so to be that around, it goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's, it's the powerfulness of the job, yeah. which is, yeah. which is the unfairness of being a goalie. Um, but some people just handle it a little bit better and, 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 and then learn those moments. Right. And that's, you know, my favorite part of having having a business and you know working for the stars and you know having a staff is um, getting to relate to some of those stories and real real work real time stuff mm-hmm. and and having a different team and then having to pivot right it's yeah. I'm, I don't have the locker room can't treat it like the locker room <laughs> definitely <laughs> so, cannot so, do that to not, a lot of not, ladies <laughs> not this uh, time and day and you know you know have, having millennials you know on your workforce um, but just taking those moments in you know, a lot of what I've learned about myself being a goalie and how to handle people uh, and handle yourself after tough times is what, um, it's actually what makes what I'm doing now probably the most intriguing is that I just didn't realize, man, I didn't have, the, I don't have the experience. But then I, and then I just, man, I got a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, as long as you can articulate it in a way that makes sense and um, it's appropriate. But isn't that so great that like that, that story with you, Luddy telling you that story with Patrick Waugh and how it f- affected, how it affected you, how it impacted you yeah. and how it impacted you as a leader and how that, that one, that one story of how someone made someone else feel can, can make such a huge difference mm-hmm. and, and change your whole, not your whole trajectory, but the way that you view things yeah. like, holy shit, that's a brilliant move. Like, yeah. and what, how, what a long well, way it went with Craig, Lug- Craig with Luddy yeah. and then, if I can provide that to my teammates, then, you know, I would imagine not like protect, like protecting a goaltender's mental state or mentality is, is 
a huge part of it, right? If a goaltender gets down on themselves or feels like the guys in the room are blaming him, like then it could go all downhill from there. And probably okay. more people need to realize that, but that's a good story to just show that. Well, we, it's not all good you learn from too. You yeah, know? Um, very true. And, and then like, I mean, Eddie and I are pals, but Eddie wasn't nice to me. And, you know, I just vowed after I said, I'm not going to be best friends with my partners, but that's nah, it. I just was taught differently growing up. Right. I'm like, hey, just be a good teammate. It's more of a a, a team between yeah. you two, right? That's how you you hope to view it. And then and then you know I was taught real young to play the game to win. Uh, my small little hometown in Canada, Morrow was like, it's not a home, t- it's not a small town, dude. It's a small city. I'm like, whatever, Morrow. <laughs> I grew up in a small town, seven hundred people. I'm like, okay, it was okay. a small, big, Sorry. small city. You win, you Morrow win. won that one. But you know, a very competitive town, uh, all sports. And I mean, like, you know, dropping the gloves and snowbank and fighting just to win. Um, learned it from there. But when I when I got to the NHL or when I was playing college and minors in NHL, you know, my my mentality was to win. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it seems like everybody do that. But when I ask people what is a goalie's job, you know, everyone says, well, to stop the puck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's 90 85, 90, 95, and as Razor said, when you're really bad, it's 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Goaltending is, you know, is um, is stopping the puck. But with the mentality of, you know, wanting to win, that made a difference of how I approached it 24 hours a day. You know, my sleep, all the other things that go into me, obviously I got to be good at my job, but no one gives a crap about me. When you're good at your job – you know, how do you, what else do you do to make your teammates mm-hmm. better? And yeah. to me, that was what winning was. And because we are in such a great team sport, um, you know, the camaraderie we had, the, the relationship I have with my defenseman, the work we did, the communication level we did, and playing the puck, you know, taking time to take them out, you know, sacrificing dollars, sacrificing your time, your family's time. If, if it really meant winning, it was, like, it was one thing for shenanigans, but like, bonding and being together like it was important to me it was important to us and morrow and i and so we we did it and um you know we had we won more than we lost and um that's something that we are proud of but that was just more of a mentality that we shared and i feel like in this analytics driven age in all sports that that is that is not valued enough Mm -hmm. and like me being in a clubhouse for the last 20 years like see yeah i mean you can't it's absolutely a, a real thing. Like you, I'm sorry, you can't put a, a number on it, but like that, that, what, that vibe in that locker room, that clubhouse, you know, what goes on at team dinners, if there are team dinners, all that stuff, if y'all are playing, you know, joke, practical jokes. And if people are clowning on what that, yeah. all that matters so yeah. much. And I, I feel like we've, that's one thing that, I mean, I'm, I'm all in favor of analytics and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like that's an aspect of the game that's never going to go away and people are never going to put enough emphasis on it. Right. And I think people outside the game, I should say any game. I think I I even think inside the game because, you know, when like a lot of adversity helps bring teams together and you can't create adversity, it just has to happen. So it's how you respond to it. But when you respond to it, it's what happens before that of how tight you are. And, and I'll even claim that, Analytics, even though, you know, the true, you know, he or she gets on base more, this pitch works, right. all all the things that go into it, who's on the ice together in hockey, mm-hmm. uh, what goalie starting against one lineup, you know, and there's so much that goes into it is that 
then, then, then the clubhouse and the locker room, the players start feeling that too. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter what I do, you know, analytics say this. Mm-hmm. And so then, then the winning attitude that I'm just talking about just of how you live in your life, then it changes it. It's going to erode on you because now you're like, oh, I'm, I'm walking the line over here with analytics. Does it even matter? If, right. Yeah. If we're tight. Yeah. Seems like there needs to be a healthy combination, right? A combination of the two. You can't have too much. Of, I you could probably always have too much camaraderie. There's no too much camaraderie, but there can fun. be too much analytics. You can have too much fun. You yeah. Gotta, <laughs> you gotta take the brain. You gotta take the brain out of it. Yeah. Sometimes, and so. But anyway, I just think it's it's getting it's a little much. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but it's true. I mean, I, I mean, I would, if I was GM, I'd, I'd rely on the analytics too. Help, yeah, help me do my job. You can't go fully players. in on you it. You want the information, no. but you right. have to realize that there is stuff beyond those numbers that factor into how a team yeah. operates. It's well, a team sport. I mean, this isn't our sport only. Like, we we have a hard cap, so there's only so much dollars right. that you can spend on a team, and then it becomes about the little things. And there's, yeah. there's a million little things, but camaraderie is one of them, mm-hmm. you know, especially with, I love that about hockey, especially yeah. the fact that the age has dropped significantly in the last 10 years that, you know, when you have more impressionable athletes, you know, the tighter they are, the more on the same page, the more they know about each other. I mean, we used to get together and be like, I mean, I would, I would know my teammates, parents, right. Sisters, what's going on in their life. You know, someone's kicking rocks down, you know, hotel, it's like, so now talk to them. Yeah. Like, what's going on in our, all of our lives matters. And, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd openly talk about mine. Um, you know, I didn't have any tragedy in my day, but I want to know who's coming to town, who's living at the house, because why are you yelling at somebody if something's going on in their life? Right. It's like, not, you know, yeah, not to do their job. Yeah. You and know, it's hard. Life's tough. I think that was even more present with the guys in the bubble and, and people just kind of dealing with the struggles of being isolated and, and not being around your family and you guys, or they all became each other's family mm-hmm. at that point. I know that was so hard on all the athletes. Uh, um, couldn't imagine this past year and the coaches. I mean, they all, coaches, they all hated you, you, it. You guys, all the coaches. Of us. Yeah, it was, it was bad, but, um, God, they said they hated it. Yeah. Oh, I can't s- imagine. I'm so glad it seems to almost be almost want to stand the cup and they're still came I back. Know. Like it was like, amazing. It was so much fun, but uh, but like, I'm just glad to, to walk around, you know, and like, mm. and be outside and, and all of that. That was a, a weird time that I hope, you know, won't ever have to happen again, but it's just interesting in, in talking to you about all of this. Like you do, you've been there, you've done it. You're one of the best goaltenders in stars history. Um, is it hard for you to, or how do you separate yourself from like wanting to go down there and talk to these guys? Like wanting to talk to Ben Bishop, Jake Ottinger about, yeah. you know, or do you, how, how does that work? Because you are involved with the team still and guys like that could probably learn a lot from you. Um, I don't, you know, it's not my job. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but you know, we have people in that position to talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, Reese has been great for the goalies. Uh, we've had a lot of great coaches around too. And you talk about the bubble, I was just thinking of it when you're saying that, um, you know, we're pretty fortunate to have Bones as a coach, like just so relatable, mm-hmm. um, you know, smile on his face all the time. It'd be, if you had a hard, hard nosed coach while you're living in the bubble, probably would have been made it even more miserable. Yeah. Darn near impossible. And, um, and he's somebody that is always talking to the guys about their families yeah. and how are you doing and how's your wife, you know, whatever. And it matters. Yeah. You know? it, it really, really does. does. It really does resonate. So um, 
you know, I'm starting to get a little crustier, you know, as I get farther removed, you know, and it's easy. And I sit back in the suite and I'm like, oh, come on, man, you can't have that. <laughs> and then you go sit near the glass or, I mean, I put the skates on every now and then and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. This game is fast and yeah. it's really hard and it's tough to see the little black puck flying around yeah. there. I don't even know how I did it now looking back. Right. You know, I get in there one time and. I'm like, the arm ain't moving anymore. It's like, I could see it, but just like. <laughs> the body's the bo not doing what the no. mind tells it yeah. to you. The neurons aren't firing. There's a disconnect. Yeah, but you didn't feel like, like trying to get into coaching or anything like that. Well, I made a conscious decision to not because um, it comes back to Dallas, Texas. I just yeah. really. Yeah. You wanted to be here. I wanted to be here. I wanted a life here. And, you know, Kelly and I know each other. We've been together since high school. And so both of our families are up north. Nobody migrated in the United States. Like we're, we've set roots down here, and we think um, it's a great place to set roots down. Uh, we make we've made a lot of sacrifices in our life to play professional hockey. Um, not saying there's an exorbitant amount of alternates out there. Um, <laughs> very lucky to do so, but in order to you know live here and you know have the kids want to come back here or be grandparents and 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 that. Uh, and then expand it, you know, family wise that, um, to be coaching, it's hard, mm -hmm. you know? same schedule as a player. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't get if that not break. worse. But yeah. I, as I tell guys that retire now, worse. we get a really, I get a really good opportunity to talk to, you know, a lot of guys and it's like, well, just no, right. You, you're getting hired to get fired. That's yeah. the job. Yeah. It's a tough game. Which is good. But, but when you, when you go and all of a sudden you're eight years in, and then Vancouver calls and offers you a job, or if you're lucky in Tampa, like you're yeah, go, you're going. It's, it's, it's the next. It's the next city. Yeah. And I was like, I was really lucky. I didn't ever got traded. I lived here for ten years. Again, I didn't play one game till I was twenty five years old. So I had a little bit different perspective, and and I was just like, man, I don't I don't want to be packing up boxes all the time anymore. Yeah, and yeah. Even though I had great, you know, Kelly was cool. She could do it. Um, I just. just like the family and wanted to put down roots. And so that was one thing that I just never had interest in because of those reasons. Yeah. And now you're making good beer and making running beer. the stars foundation. I'm, yeah. paying, I'm paying for the good beer. Marty, <laughs> Somebody else Marty is making Party, it for me. This was awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so for fun. having me. Yeah. Cheers to you. I, I'm cheers. Another cold one goodness. after this. Yeah, cheers, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So much fun. Thanks so much for being with us. We so appreciate it. Well, I feel like, the mom game now. You are. You are. Yeah. official mom gamer. So we have to do the official mom game out sign. So you have to throw up the peace sign and say mom game out. Yep. One, two, three. Mom, mom game, game out. Mom game out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.